in three and two and one. Hi, everybody. Tim Anderson here, the Appraiser's Advocate. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for sitting down with me today. We're talking real estate appraisal, and we call this one Use PAP and Cash Equivalency. When it comes to cash equivalency, many appraisers get a cold feeling. Why? Generally, it's because of one of at least two reasons. One is that in calculating cash equivalency, there might be math involved. The old saying is that four out of three appraisers don't understand math. Yes, there may be some math involved in cash equivalency, but that's not always the case. Second is that the local MLS does not have a cash equivalency field. Appraisers say without such a field, they have no way of knowing if a sale is or is not cash equivalent. So, they don't adjust for it when, really, it would be appropriate. This is a shame. Why? Because it's up to us appraisers to know when an adjustment is necessary, not the local MLS. So, let's spend a little time on cash equivalency. It's not as complex as some appraisers want to think it is. As part of this examination, let's first analyze the definition of market value to clarify what it says on the subject of cash equivalency. In relevant part, market value is, quote, the most probable price that a property should bring in a competitive and open market under all conditions requisite to a fair sale. Unquote. Then, the definition continues to include five conditions under which to interpret the primary definition. Fourth on this list is, quote, payment is made in terms of cash in U.S. dollars or in terms of financial arrangements comparable thereto, unquote. Hold that thought. Now, let's go to USPAP. SR1-2C makes it clear that, quote, in developing a real property appraisal, an appraiser must identify the type and definition of value and ascertain whether the value is to be the most probable price in terms of cash or in terms of financial arrangements equivalent to cash or in other precisely defined terms. And if the opinion of value is to be based on non-market financing or financing with unusual conditions or incentives, identify the terms of such financing and any influences on value." Unquote. Then there's Mark Ratterman's authoritative text, Residential Property Appraisal. On page 80, he makes it clear that, quote, a cash equivalent sale price is equal to what a cash buyer would pay, unquote. Then on page 327, he writes that, quote, the value opinion is supposed to be cash equivalent. This means that the results of the appraisal analysis should be equal to what a cash buyer would pay rather than what would be paid by a buyer with a large mortgage and a seller who has to pay for a lot of extra costs. This does not mean the buyer has to pay cash, but only that the seller's expenses should be equal to what a cash sale would produce. The adjustment should reflect how much the item in question impacted the price, unquote. Now, in the Fannie Mae Selling Guide, go to section B4-1.3-09. It's called Adjustments to Comparable Sales. In that section is a discussion of sales and financing concessions. One example of such a concession is, quote, inclusion of non-realty items in the transaction, unquote. And that is the secret of cash equivalency. 
Under the GSE's definition of market value, the purchase price of a comparable sale must contain only the price of the real property. That price must be free of any non-realty components. Financing or sales concessions are those pesky non-realty components. Therefore, the sales price on the comparable sales grid must be only the price of the realty. It cannot contain a non-realty component for financing or other sales concessions. Stop here for a moment to consider what we've covered so far in this podcast. The GSE's market value definition does not allow for non-realty components when we show a sale as a comp. USPAP makes it clear the purchase price of a comp must be cash equivalent. This requirement is so the final value conclusion will be cash equivalent too. We read from the Fannie Mae Selling Guide that she expects the purchase price on the sales grid to be cash equivalent. We quoted extensively from Ratterman's book about the need for cash equivalent purchase prices. So, here are two questions. One, given this clarity from each of these sources, is there any doubt state appraisal boards expect appraisers to form cash equivalent value conclusions? Two, Why do appraisers assume that sellers paying 3% or less of the purchase price to help the buyer cover closing costs is cash equivalent? It may be, frankly, but why just assume that? Some appraisers justify this protocol with the claim, quote, that's how we do it in my market, unquote. Please, let me again cite Fannie Mae's selling guide, quote, The need to make sales or financing concessions is not based on how typical the concessions may be for a segment of the market area. Rather, adjustments must reflect the difference between what the sales sold for with the concessions and what they would have sold for without the concessions, so the dollar amount of the adjustments will approximate the reaction of the market to the concessions. Here's what that means. Look at the sales or financing concessions the seller made. If those concessions did not inflate the purchase price over what it otherwise would have been, there is no need to make a cash equivalency adjustment. Or, did the seller inflate the purchase price to pay for those concessions? If so, it is necessary to adjust that inflation out of the inflated purchase price, or it's necessary to have a really persuasive explanation as to why such an adjustment was not necessary. And, frankly, there are circumstances where such an explanation would suffice. It is true, there is not a cash equivalency field on the MLS printout. But all that absence means, however, is that it's necessary to pick up the phone and communicate with somebody on this. With the buyer, the seller, the broker, the builder, somebody. If that source says the purchase price was cash equivalent, after you've explained to them what that means, chronicle that response in the work file and go with it. Is it possible that your source lied to you? Yes, but appraisals require support, not proof. Unfortunately, we cannot put respondents under oath and depose them, so we get to assume they're telling us the truth. We go with support. Now, let's close the logic loop and wrap this up. When we put a comparable sale on the grid, we adjust out of that price any component that is not real property. 
An opinion of market value is an opinion of the value of the real property, not the value of the real property inflated by sales and or financing concessions. Why is this important? Because SR 2-3 calls for the appraiser to certify that every statement of fact in an appraisal report is both true and correct. Market value's definition assumes cash equivalency. USPAP assumes cash equivalent sales prices. Therefore, such a market value opinion is also based on cash equivalent prices. The GSE sales guides assume cash equivalent sales prices and a cash equivalent market value opinion. So, when the appraiser signs the certification, the appraiser certifies the sales prices of the comps are cash equivalent or explains persuasively why they're not. To sign the certification without that certainty is to mislead the client and any intended users. What is the effect on the public's trust in us when we mislead them? Really, does anything other than full compliance with USPAP give the public reason to trust us, what we do, and how and why we do it? If we're not giving the public a reason to trust us, why are we even here? When the GSEs can trust us to do our jobs credibly and non-misleadingly, they have no reason to purge us from the mortgage lending continuum. Think about the ramifications of that. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. It's been my pleasure to be with you. It will be an honor to know you. If I can ever be of any help to you, please get in touch with me. Tim at theappraisersadvocate.com. It'll be a pleasure to know you and an honor to work with you. You can contact me at any time. I'll be happy to return your phone calls. It's on my website, theappraisersadvocate.com. And check out my video casts on my YouTube channel, The Appraisers Advocate. Again, I thank you for being here. And before we go, I have one more question for you. Are your professional fees professional enough? Thanks. And now we're clear.